go. Welcome, everybody. This is Let's Taco Battle with Chef Dom, the podcast that aims to break down the walls between the consumers and the passionate, hardworking people that aim to please them. Uh, every week, I like to feature a guest or a local, uh, uh, somebody local here in town that's doing positive things. And today, I'm here with Angelo Oronia. Uh, very excited. He's running uh, the Tacos of New Mexico Facebook page. He has a uh, craft consulting beer business, and he's going to tell us more about that right now. So Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Of course, brother. Uh, really been excited to see what you've been doing in the local community with your tacos and your yeah, positivity. Absolutely. And bringing something really awesome to Albuquerque's food community. Absolutely. So, um, as uh, Dom was saying, my name is Angelo uh, Orona. And um, I actually uh, started this uh, little taco group a couple of years ago. It's been over two years now. Um, and the idea behind Tacos of New Mexico came to me, and I was just telling Dom at Duran Central Pharmacy. Yeah. So anyone that um, you know is, is familiar with the Old Town area and knows that there's this little really great restaurant tucked away in a pharmacy uh, in Old Town, and you can go in there, and the people, the the, the ladies there, it seems to be always ladies when I go in there, uh, <laughs> making tortillas by hand, yeah, yeah and, and making everything fresh, and uh, it's been there, and it used to be a spot where not a lot of people knew about, uh, but then more people started finding out about it, which is fine. We want to share great food with everyone, right? Absolutely, man. <laughs> oh, that's kind of what uh, what I love you speak about, uh, just being able to see them making the tortillas and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it's it's very visually stunning. That's part of the, one of the elements that that gets people excited about food. You know? Yeah, it's part of our food culture for sure. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, definitely. Uh, you know, I think. I'm sure your family was like mine, where the kitchen was a heavy part where everybody congregated. Yeah, of mostly course, because yeah. that's where grandma was, and she was in there <laughs> cooking three meals a day. You know? Right, right. <laughs> Almost like a cafeteria cook. Yeah, you know? from scratch, and you yeah. probably had the same uh, same sort of experience I had with, uh, you know, your mom or whoever else, your your tias, and they would be making something, and it'd be, hey, I want to learn how to make that, and they're like, well, you put about this much, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like this. Yeah. It's never. Uh, it just comes from the heart. Uh-huh. And it comes from the soul, which is. Uh, uh, really great, uh, and I think that it's something that's unique to New Mexico. You know, absolutely. So. Absolutely, yeah. Some of my uh, my recipes in my book still call for a palm full of this, yeah, and yeah. a handful of this, and that's that's honestly like how my grandmother taught me making right. tortillas. And it's great because it uh, you're ready for anything. It's instinctual. Right. Uh, I did the 505 food fights. Yeah. I'm not somebody who cooks tortillas often. You know, right, I, yeah. I made them a handful of times before. Right. But uh, anyways, uh, we did a, a food fight at the Fiery Food Show, mm-hmm. and the ingredients were brie, uh, like a habanero blackberry jam, okay. and this black fungus root or whatever, or black fungus <laughs> kind of dehydrated. Uh, so the first thing I thought of was quesadilla, okay. but you know we had limited ingredients, but right, of course yeah. they had flour, and they had manteca, uh-huh. and water, and a little uh-huh. bit of baking powder, well, you know? you so go. I was just yeah. like, okay. Grandma, the four yeah, elements. Grandma, take over, and I tell it, but I blacked out during that part, <laughs> and I just, I just remembered her making it like biscuits, you know, making the little pea-sized uh, balls of flour, yeah, adding the water, mixing it, and I ended up making a quesadilla, and everybody still says that was the best quesadilla <laughs> they ever awesome. had, and, I, when, and they were like those tortillas, and I was like, I know, right? yeah, yeah, you're talking about cooking with your heart, not your head, in yeah, that yeah, instance, right? absolutely, man, absolutely. So yeah, so I was at Duran's, and I. Um, and I looked down at my plate, and it was just a simple beef hard shell taco yeah. off the combination plate. And I took a picture of it, and I started a group right then and there, invited some friends, and now we're over 1,800 members. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Um, uh, 
I love, you know, I mean, obviously, I just love your passion about tacos because I'm passionate about tacos, <laughs> yeah, too. Sure. I think that's how we, well, you, we first met at uh, uh, Marble Brewery, mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. And you were the sales rep? Yeah, I was there? one of the sales guys there. Uh, that was some time ago, so I haven't been there since 2014, yeah. uh, which is a great way to update my story. So in 2014, I left Marble and um, started a consulting company for for beer for breweries oh awesome yeah so um i that's it's called craft king consulting that's what i do now uh -huh. um and you know it seems like uh it wouldn't be a lot of work but it is you know yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone says oh you taste beer for a living and i, I do that's part of my job <laughs> right sensory analysis but then you function too yeah so exactly you, right. so yeah. you gotta know how much you can have you gotta balance it out right, you just yeah. can't let loose all the time right yeah. and absolutely not you know and and it turns into a job pretty quick and i take it very seriously i um i take pride in our our local brewing culture and being able to be a part of that community is really right. really something that um, it motivates me to do my best work with those folks. Um, so I, I help with sensory analysis, like I said, quality control, um, all types of things, st strategic management, social media, um, and, and and sales logistics and mm -hmm. uh, distribution. So it's been a great ride. It's been five years, as you know. It's yeah. a challenge to own your own business sometimes, Absolutely. but it's uh, worth every second of it. Oh, yeah. it's totally rewarding, man, yeah. to be in control of your time. You know, and especially yeah. when you're doing it off of passion, you know, and, and yeah. just you you just have such a positive mindset and you're looking to help people too. Right, so, yeah. you know, uh, my show is directed around people of service and stuff, yeah. and you definitely fall underneath that category yeah, thanks. because yeah. you're, uh, you know, you're helping uh, the people who are going to be serving, helping them get everything in line because I think not a lot of people put enough consideration into the restaurant and the service business mm -hmm. about what it actually means, mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's... It's really thinking about all those things mm -hmm. that could go wrong and mm -hmm. will go wrong before mm -hmm. they do, so that way you have a plan to to extinguish it right away. Mm -hmm. and you can continue going, you mm -hmm. know, and that you can uh, just appeal to as many people as possible. You know? I agree. Give them a, a total mm -hmm. like uh, just escape. Yeah. from their reality. Yeah. You know, this is kind of the way I like to think about yeah, it. Yeah, that's, you know? that's a great way to look at it. And yeah. I think um, how I see my role in the beer business is that I'm there to support, I'm, I'm there to do all the boring stuff, right? Uh -huh. So, like, I teach people how to do, like, standard operating procedures right. and uh, how do you set up a tasting panel. And, um, you know, a lot of those things are overlooked from yeah. new, uh, by new entrepreneurs that, mm -hmm. that are in the, the brewing business. They're like, I'm an artist and a scientist and yeah. I want to make beer and I want to make people happy and that's the end goal of course you right. want to provide that stellar quality product but there's so much that goes into that yeah. and so all that uh, all those layers of the business is kind of what I focus on so yeah. that you like even you're yeah. a great example you're an artist right uh -huh. so I do all the stuff to support the artist right you know I, I want to support the brewers so that they can focus on brewing right and I can focus on the other stuff right, right. I'll get it sold if you brew it well. You right. know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. It's just like you. If you make great tacos, not only are they going to sell themselves, but you know, it, it, it's just it's a it's a continuous cycle. No, you know? absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, those standard operating procedures are are very important. You know, especially a lot of people go in there and they're just super passionate, and then they you know get that that money, mm -hmm. and then they're just so eager to jump right in. You know, but mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people don't realize all that comes. 
just the continuousness of having to reinvest into yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, that it's just constant reinvesting back into yourself. You know, yeah. A lot of people think that it's just instant success or they see a huge line of people and, mm-hmm. and that you made it. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's... It <laughs> it's is, been 12 years in the making, yeah, right? Yeah. Or 15 or 20 and or whatever. And it's continuing right? to yeah. evolve, you know. Right, there's, yeah. no, there's no correct game plan yeah. for it. There's only yeah. an idea, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but I think that's great. Uh, so tell us... Uh, Tell us about some of your favorite tacos. Well, let's. Okay. let's oh yeah. I, I made us. A, I made us some tacos over here. I want you to try this. This is a. Uh, yeah. Got some carne asada. Carne asada. Uh, and then I made uh, some hot sauces, which I'm looking to get branded. Oh nice. I'm working with a, a couple investors out in La Jolla, and we've been working together for a while. But this is our our royal red hot sauce. Can we see of it course. there? Let's make sure we can see it. Yeah. Nice deep red. Yeah, using sure, our it's delicious. of course our New Mexico chiles. You know that's. That's the royal green, mm-hmm. and we'll have some other lines to come out. But these are are going to be our bases that we can hopefully distribute all over. Right. Enjoy, brother. Thank um, you. So what what to you as a taco? Con- I'm going to call you a taco connoisseur, <laughs> even if you won't give yourself that title. You know, because you you're passionate about tacos. You you probably look on the menu, you see tacos, and you're like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's, that's my choice. Yeah, made. yeah. Like I, like me, I, I love tacos, but I also love nachos. I consider oh, myself yeah. more of a nacho connoisseur. Okay, okay. Yeah, but. Um, so what what do you makes a perfect taco? I got I got I got I got to say something about that, and uh, I had a friend that uh, told me about this a long time ago, and this is a bad example, obviously, but whenever they, uh, whenever Taco Bell right comes out with something new, right, it's always just a variation right. of something else that they have on the menu, right? It's like the, I can see the R and D guys at Taco Bell being like, hey, uh, what if we put a flour tortilla around the corn tortilla and then put cheese in that between it, you know? It's always something like that. Yeah, and I yeah. find that a lot of dishes in Mexican and New Mexican cuisine are like that. They mm-hmm. use kind of similar ingredients. So like nachos, I mean, it's just, it's just you know, totopos, right? Yeah, yeah, that are yeah. like, that have like taco filling yeah, on yeah, them, yeah. you know? So <laughs> I don't discriminate, man. I love, ta- I love nachos too. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I find myself gravitating a lot uh, towards carnitas. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like, I think it's hard for me to pin down what my favorite is. Yeah, yeah. But I like carnitas that are like made the traditional way yeah. from Michoacan, yeah. uh, which is rendering them in their own pork fat, yeah, you know? Absolutely. And it just gives this amazing, rich, deep, complex flavor. Yeah. Um, and I think part of it is it's nostalgic for me. Yeah. Because um, where I grew up in Valencia County, mm-hmm. our family always did a matanza every year. Yeah. And so. For the matanza, of course, you would make carnitas, you make chicharrones, you right. make all these different dishes, yeah. you know, that are, are really um, unique to our area, right. you know what I mean? And so I think that that's part of what what attracts me to carnitas, because when I re- it reminds me of when I was a kid, like, having to stir the haria, yeah, 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 and, yeah. and do all this, like, in, in a dirt yard in, yeah. at my uncle's house, uh-huh. you know what I mean? And so I think that that's part of it, but um, it also obviously is rich in flavor there's a lot of tradition there mexican tradition yeah. and i just love them no i think uh that's actually one of my favorite tacos too and uh, yeah I, I remember growing up and uh going to some mantanzas and the same thing you know just you almost have like the different stations you got these guys over here taking the fat and cooking chicharrones yeah exactly you know you got uh the grandmas over here cooking beans with the with the bones and stuff you know <laughs> making stock for yeah, yeah. it and then you got, uh, you know, of course, they're making the carne alavada and yeah. the carnitas. Yeah, corazón, uh, yeah. hígado, they have everything. You know, guys <laughs> are grilling off the chuletas and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
That's great. That's total, totally like traditional in the Mexican. And then, yeah, the mm-hmm. football games going on. There's just <laughs> yeah, so exactly, much. Yeah. You got that much family around and so much life. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. You just get lost in it. You know, it's mm-hmm. just such an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish everybody could, can, you know, experience that. You know, yeah. we're, we're very blessed to um, to have that out here. You know, it's part so of our too. tradition. You know. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I I try to be a torchbearer or a flag waver, or whatever you want to call it, for New Mexico and New Mexico culture, you know. We get a bad rap for some stuff, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I love this place. Yeah. I, I love the diversity of the different environments that you can go through, you know, high mountain, uh, alpine meadows, you know, mm-hmm. all the way down to, you know, the southern part of the state where it's really dry and yeah. it's the Chihuahuan Desert. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that that's why there's this, really mystical quality to, to New Mexico and that has probably part of the reason uh, of what attracted so many um, different cultures here mm-hmm. you know so anyone that's new here I always talk about how we have Spanish colonial influence of course mm-hmm. you can see it in our architecture you know pigs yeah. right? <laughs> pigs were from the Spanish they brought Absolutely. them here and so we didn't have pork before then which is crazy to think of yeah. but, you know um, and then of course Native American culture mm-hmm. which was here far before that mm-hmm. and had um you know maize and they made all these uh, really wonderful dishes with uh, squash right. and, then, um, and then of course you have the mexican uh influence right. later on you know and so i think that uh you know when i think of new mexico's culture it's those three things like yeah. at a crash course at yeah. each other and they just happen to meet here absolutely that's what it makes it so special there's no place like it you know absolutely i also think of it almost like uh uh in a landlocked island you know, in mm-hmm. the sense of like Albuquerque and, and some of these other those spots, uh, because people do pass through here often. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to get from point mm-hmm. A to point B, and stuff gets the big eye, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, stuff gets left behind. You know, mm-hmm. some steps gets left behind. You're you know? right. So you you have these little uh, little drops of influence. You know, mm-hmm. that are slowly starting to blossom even more around town. Yeah, you know? but I, agree. Uh, I I feel like there is so much culture out here, and, and that was one of the reasons that drew me back. You know, my mm-hmm. heart has always been out here. Yeah. Um, but. Um, I, uh, I also feel like I've always had that need to go out and, and yeah. seek the information for myself yeah. and yeah. not just trust what I've seen on the TV no, about absolutely. something, you know? I have that same quality where I just want to go see it with yeah. my own eyes, you Very, know? And, yeah. and I think that, uh, you know, that's... I, I've noticed that that's something that's unique, I think, to maybe younger folks now like mm-hmm. youngish folks mm-hmm. I can't call myself young anymore but um, I, I have just like like my parents they're afraid to go two states over you mm-hmm. know and I'm like why you know yeah, this yeah. is awesome and so um, I think that you know we've been able to go out your generation my, our generation mm-hmm. right um, has been able to go out and um, and discover yeah. you know and bring stuff back yeah exactly I'm, and I see the influence on your menu yeah, you yeah. know what I mean it's exactly like, yeah. yeah I mean I, it's such a blessing to see people that uh, have never tried Korean food before. <laughs> like their first bite of Korean food is at my restaurant when mm-hmm. they have my Korean pork belly taco. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's 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 very. I mean, that's beautiful. That's that's that. That's what I need to get through the day. You know, mm-hmm. or whatever. Sometimes you mm-hmm. have that bad day, but then you see, okay, we're making an impact. We're doing <laughs> yeah. something. You know, yeah. like this industry is like it's long, and so you have those days. Some days where uh, not everything is going right. You know, and so yep. it's easy to get frustrated or whatever. But you know, as long as you, I'm blessed to have uh, people very satisfied with my food, you know, and they right. come, they still come back and they look at me and they say, hey, 
That was I just got to shake your hand. That was <laughs> the most amazing taco I've ever had. You know, and that people little, get emotional yeah, over tacos. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, settle down, man. settle down. It's just a taco. <laughs> Not <laughs> to you know them what? though. It could yeah. have been, you know, it could have, that just like that. How them coming in to tell you that made your day. Uh-huh. That food probably made their day. Exactly. Sometime, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I know for me, mm-hmm. and this is for better or worse. Food is comfort, man. Yeah. You know, it's like. There's this emotional connection oh, that you totally. have, you know, and it satiates so much of what our what our what we need, you know. Absolutely. And uh, I, I found that, luckily, in my old age now, I've uh, learned to be able to control myself. But you know <laughs> what I mean? Like when I was, like, I remember when I was younger, twenties, and when it didn't matter if you right. had eight tacos or not, right? right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Man, you're like, oh, I just want to have another <laughs> one of those, right? And another, and another. I just have chosen not to believe in calories. Man. <laughs> yeah. I just. No, that's that's fake to me. It doesn't exist. <laughs> fake news, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, man. I'm all about uh, yeah, how happy you know food food makes you and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if if you're gonna eat healthy or whatever, then at least don't don't treat it like it's like oh god, I gotta eat this much. Like <laughs> like a chore. Make, yeah, make it beautiful. Make it bright. Make it. Yeah. You know, I love making healthy food at, mm-hmm. at home and, mm-hmm. and for whoever you know mm-hmm. making. Salads, I love just, uh, you know, out here in Albuquerque or in New Mexico, we have such an abundance of produce and mm-hmm, stuff like that mm-hmm. that we can make some really... We're very lucky in that way. Yeah, you know, and I mean, learning different techniques, you know, uh, getting playful f- with food, making uh, different colors of sauces. And, you know, New Mexico art is very bright, and we, we have a lot of influence from the uh, the nature around here. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so I, I love making bright food, you know, and it makes me excited to eat and try and, you know, it's... it's it's uh, just playful in that way. Yeah, I've um, I've often thought about that. Like I've never I've never been a cook. I mean, I cook at home and I love cooking, uh-huh. but I've never been a professional cook. And I've often thought about how, you know, people eat with their eyes first, mm-hmm. right? It's like when they see it and if it's striking and it looks enticing mm-hmm. and appetizing, then they're gonna that's gonna influence what they taste and what Absolutely. they experience. Mm-hmm. I can relate it to beer, right? Like when I see a beer. And it's got this nice frothy collar of foam, and it just looks so refreshing and enticing, and the uh, glass is condescending, condensing, (laughs) Um, uh, and um, and 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 it's just it just looks really great on on a hot day. Yeah, I mean, I I want I want it obviously, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and and I think the same goes for food. You know, Mm -hmm. it influences. The way it looks influences how you, uh, what your experience with it is. You know, Absolutely. What the taste is. Um, I'm seeing a lot of that going, like beer has started booming. Like you could say when we first met, mm-hmm. we were at Marble, and that was back when Marble was like just, all they had was the one single building. They mm-hmm. didn't even have the, the silos outside yet. Or no upstairs, <laughs> yeah. no nothing. And then now over the past six years, not only have they boomed into three locations, uh, or four. I think have, three, yeah. Yeah, three. And then um, they have the upstairs. You know, they just are constantly packed over mm-hmm. there. But then you have um, other breweries popping up over time. A lot of know, them, a yeah. A lot of them. Like, yeah. you know, and I'm sure you're working with mm-hmm. a lot of them and, mm-hmm. and helping them kind of set up their menus mm-hmm. and kind of their, their program there. Mm-hmm. To give you an example, mm-hmm. so, you know, when Marble started, um, that was 2008 in April. Yeah. April 2008. Um they were the only packaging brewery in Albuquerque, mm-hmm. right? So they were the only ones putting beer in bottles, which mm-hmm. now seems crazy, right? Because that was 11 years ago. There are over 30 breweries in operation in Albuquerque right now, wow. right? So that's been incredible growth, and it's been a, a really huge boon economically for the state. Um, you know, breweries 
um, have a 300, over $340 million economic impact for our economy. Wow. So it's one of the bright spots of New Mexico business, mm -hmm. right? And so, um, you know, all of us in the industry are very protective of that, right? Yeah, yeah. Because we're like, let's keep this going well, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like the film, you mm -hmm. know? It's like, it's like the film industry and, and the brewing industry. Those mm -hmm. are two industries. You know, hopefully the data center industry, you yeah. know? Like, like Facebook going in mm -hmm. down in Los Lunas, right? Yeah. It's like, we... we, we because we have uh, kind of been on the ropes for so long as mm -hmm. an economy, um, you know, I know my stance is all those folks that want to bring business here, let's keep them here, right? right. And, and let's do what we can to support that business, yeah. you know? And I think the current, um, you know, the current climate in New Mexico is conducive to that. A lot yeah. of people are on board with that, you know? Yeah. So. Um, what would you say? Well, I've, I've always heard that, like, the, the water is mm -hmm. like one of the most important elements of, of brewing beer mm -hmm. and really what distinguishes it from like, like you can have the same recipe here, have mm -hmm. the same recipe in Belgium mm -hmm. or whatever, but you're going to come out with two totally different beers. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say, I mean, can you put anything in on that? Mm -hmm. So water is really important um, and it's dependent on what beer style you're brewing Okay. Um, as to how you want to, now you can, not synthetically, but you can build your water, mm -hmm. right? And so back... Uh, where, where this idea of having certain water for certain styles comes from is a long time ago before you could treat water, right? Before the advent of um, reverse osmosis where mm -hmm. you can make neutral water and then right. build it up to something. Um, the brewers had to deal with what they had, right? They, it was just well water. Right. So like a great example of this is um, hard water is um, accentuates hop bitterness in beer, mm -hmm. right? And so whenever they had, they figured out that, hey, for whatever reason, when we add more hops uh, to this particular style at this from this water source, it really accentuates that hop bitterness. We don't get that same result when we move 200 miles down the coast, right? right? And particularly, I'm talking about a place called Burton-on-Trent, which is in, in England, right? Okay. And so that's where the pale ale was born. Oh, wow. Right? Because they, they, they had access to that hard water. Yeah. It was just out of their well. Right. And, and they added hops you know, folks started getting a, a particular taste for pale ales, and then that, that was oh, wow. the precursor to IPA and everything else now. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's very heavily influenced by that. Right. But the good thing is now, with science, anyone in the world, if they want to put the effort in, can make yeah. any historical brewing water. Right. So if I want to make Albuquerque's aquifer water like, like it is in England, I can do that now right. as a brewer. Oh, yeah. wow. So it's pretty cool. Is, uh, are a lot of uh, breweries out here still using, like, local water, or are they using mm -hmm. uh, modified water? So a lot of them, depending on style, mm -hmm. um, will use water right from our aquifer. Yeah. Um, one thing that you have to be careful of is, um, yeah, as a brewer, you got to be very um, aware of what's in the water. So uh -huh. if you have chlorine, if you have fluoride, if you have all those... Uh, character in your water, yeah. um, it can it can affect your final brew in certain in different ways, right? right. So it might uh, upset the pH balance, and that's very important for brewers, right? Mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, most of the brewers that I know, um, they modify their water. They figure out, okay, you know, I'm going to make a really soft, um, light, crisp pilsner yeah. here, right? So I don't want any harshness in the water right. to go in. So mm -hmm. they might, you know, charcoal filter that, um, get it down to basically zero right. uh, and then build it back up a little bit to what they want. But okay. that's going to be a different water profile than it is if you're making some other styles like we said like IPA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I remember when like 
you know, uh, the microbreweries first got going, you know, Marvel becoming really popular right out the gates. Um, the Marvel Red was mm-hmm. like, the, that was like the, the sought after beer mm-hmm. out here now. Uh, mm-hmm. Now it's kind of like taking a back burner. What would you say is like the most popular beer out here right now? Uh, right now, um, <laughs> so there's, there's a whole uh, movement going on in yeah. craft beer right now that I don't know. Uh, if you're not like really into the scene, you might, like the casual craft beer fan might not know too much about it. But it's basically where they're adding these really unorthodox ingredients to beer. Yeah. And so, like, for instance, um, you know, like donuts or, you know, German chocolate cake. They just throw it in the beer. You know, it's like, or, uh, you know, I saw one. They literally the, throw the whole cake. The whole cake it. in the beer. And for me, right, as a, I'm kind of a purist in the sense mm-hmm. that I like, you know, I tend to gravitate these days towards something that's uh, soft and elegant yeah, and yeah. really refined, mm-hmm. um, complex, but not over the top, you know. Yeah. Um, and so now, you know, for me, I'm like, it's kind of gimmicky to yeah. me, um, but I, I get it, right? Because yeah, yeah. from a marketing standpoint, and that's part of what I help people with, yeah. I say, hey, you know, let's, you know, throw a whole bag of quinoa in there, yeah. right? So it's like, <laughs> I saw that the other day, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, what did quinoa do to that beer? Mm-hmm. Did it enhance it? It was intriguing, right? And so, you know, there's people that are using uh, bacon in beer. I've seen maple syrup. I've right. seen all types of pastries, churros. Um, Bosque Brewing uh, made a churro beer. That oh, wow. was like a churro stout, I think. And they used like some exorbitant amount of churros. They just put it in there, right? Oh, my God. And, I, um, and so I was playfully talking to the brewer, and he's like, we use, I don't know what the number was. He's yeah. like, I think we use 400 churros. Yeah. And I, you know, I tasted the beer, and I said, well, it tastes like 398 to me. <laughs> <laughs> As if I was that sophisticated, right? I like that. So, but, uh, so that's kind of one of the trends. The yeah. other trend that's happening right now is um, this particular type uh, of IPA. It's okay. called a New England style IPA. So it's okay. hazy or mm. people call it a hazy IPA. Would that be like the uh, the Marble Fog? Yeah, Desert fo- Fog. Desert yeah. Fog, yeah. So Desert Fog, um, La Cumbre locally has a, a big array of them. Um, uh, Real Bravo has a really great one called Freak Juice. Okay. Uh, and it's just hazy and juicy. It's not as bitter. Yeah. Um, sometimes they use lactose in these beers to oh, give wow. them that really creamy uh, middle body and mouthfeel. Right. And so that actually originated on the East Coast. Yeah. I don't know the whole backstory, but I've heard that um, it w- those beers were just, honestly, they were a mistake. Right. And, you know, the brewer was like, ah, we'll just sell it, right? Yeah. And so then people started liking it. Right. And so then they said, oh, okay, it was a happy mistake, yeah, right? Yeah. And so then it just started catching fire. So over the last two, three years, you know, it's been really at the forefront of brewing. Um, yeah. So every brewery has a hazy IPA, right. you know, um, if, if they're trying to keep up on trends, right? right? And then, uh, so those those are the two main ones. Yeah. There's a lot of other variations in those two categories. Um, there's like a milkshake IPA coming out now, oh. which is kind of, you know, a lot, a lot of lactose, yeah. and it, it's really, you know, uh, hazy. <laughs> uh, it's just, I don't know, you know, I'm waiting for someone to of importance, not me, yeah. to stand up and say, hey, when are we going to stop with all the cakes and everything? <laughs> Can we just get back down to the basics? <laughs> to the basics, Please. right. Yeah. But, well, uh, <clears throat> but it's fun, you know, and it should no, be absolutely. fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, it, it kind of just people taking, using uh, the beer as their own artistic expression of, of uh, whatever they, they want to try. There's, you know, their science experience. Right? <laughs> I mean, and honestly, that's, that's what it all came down, or what it all started with in the beginning was just, um, you know, 
mistakes, people right. making a mistake or whatever, right. and then it actually turning out yeah, to be good. Yeah, you know? so, yeah. uh, just as long as they're recording it, you know, <laughs> getting all the proper right. recipes down. But that's that's pretty interesting, man. Right. Uh, I'm looking for somebody to stem off and do like a uh, like a beer float bar. Oh you yeah. Know? I, I was in um, where was it? Ontario, California, and I go to this bar and I see a beer float on the menu. And I was like, they had like a hundred beers on tap. Like thirty-five, like fifty bottles or something. Yeah. There was something crazy. But anyway, I saw a beer float and I was like, "Okay, I'll order that." And then yeah. they actually brought it to me, and it was a, like a with chocolate stout with an ice cream in it. And I was like, "Oh, oh, that's oh, what you meant." No, and I, this was kind of a roughneck bar, you know. So yeah, I, yeah. I want to be that that puto over there, all <laughs> eating ice cream, drinking beers. <laughs> I was like, "I'm sorry, I'm lactose intolerant. Oh, yeah, I can't, I I can't have this." I didn't know what it was exactly. I apologize. You know? That's funny. <laughs> Please take this back and give me give me a shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two shots. Two shots and a beer, please, and a rattlesnake. <laughs> so, I'd be interested to know: Is there anyone in the in your business, right, in the taco business, yeah. um, that's doing something this something similar, like that's going off the deep end, like with ingredients or anything like that, uh, non traditional ingredients or anything? What did I see today? You know, honestly, the, the Tacos of New Mexico Facebook page, everybody's posting some pretty outrageous <laughs> stuff. Yeah. You posted the one about the guy putting SpaghettiOs and, oh, and all geez. sorts of stuff in taco yeah. shells. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say that I've seen anybody going super off the deep end. Yeah. There is a lot of, like, I think Asian fusion. Like, uh -huh. it, honestly, Mexican food can fuse with any other cuisine in the world. Yeah. And, like, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. You know, so I think... That um, the Mexican fusion with anything is, is going to be solid and you're not really going too far off from there. Right. Uh, but uh, I just see a lot of Asian fusion when I was out there in California. Yeah. You know, a lot of Asian fusion. So mo mostly Korean? Um, Filipino. There's, uh -huh. uh, you know, we got a lot of Vietnamese influence. Mm -hmm. I think the uh, the Vietnamese, though, they already kind of had tacos before. Right. I mean, probably at the same time that we did. They're just yeah. using rice paper. Yeah, that's right. You yeah. know, and, and lettuce, you know. Yeah. So that's why I put, like, a leaf of lettuce inside of my Asian-style tacos, or because that's uh, when I would eat uh, Korean food uh, at some of these sushi bars that I worked at. Yeah. For lunch or whatever, you know, we'd eat a plate of grilled pork belly. Yeah. And we'd have lettuce kimchi and the red sauce there it know? is so man. That, that was it yeah. um so i can't really think of anybody who's going super deep I, i'm still looking to i'm probably the one <laughs> if i'm looking around and i'm not seeing the person yeah, yeah, exactly. i must be the guy <laughs> no That's but right. um uh, you know like i like i said before you know i'm just trying to put uh just trying to win people's trust that i'm going to make you something good right. you know and then you shouldn't feel at ease that whatever I give you, you're gonna enjoy. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's kind of like yeah. when you go over to grandma's house. You never told. I, I never told my grandma what I wanted to eat. She right. just always had something cooking, yeah. and I yeah. just, just and it was grab, gonna be good. And I just grabbed the bowl. You yeah, know? So, yeah. uh, and that's kind of how our cooking is over here too. Like uh, I am, I encourage my chefs to not rush it. Like when we get a line of people, yeah, yeah we gotta, you know, we gotta be prepared and yeah. know how to move in the kitchen, but. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to, like, we can only do so much, so don't rush yeah. the order because I would rather these people wait. Yeah, uh, and get something and that knocks get, their socks off, right? Exactly, yeah. that knocks their socks off instead of uh, waiting all that time and then just being disappointed right, with sure. some garbage. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, we, we make sure to take pride in that. Yeah. Um, let's break down the taco sure. right here. Well, I'm on my last taco right, right. here, tortilla. N scale of, okay, so we'll go like a 100% kind of scale. Okay. What a percentage... How important is the tortilla? <clears throat> I'm trying to make some 
references <laughs> in my mind here. Yeah. Some of the best tacos I've ever had yeah. have been made not because of the filling, but because of the tortilla Ooh. for me. Okay. And uh, one thing that, okay, so one of my pet peeves, all you taqueros out there can, <laughs> like my opinion counts anyway. But um, one of my pet peeves is when you go to um, order tacos and they put it on a, everything's good. And like the fillings are good, everything. And then they put the, it's a tortilla corn tortilla that's just dry yeah like it's just dry it hasn't been like put on the grill yeah. it hasn't put put in grease it hasn't mm-hmm. been, like me when we were growing up my mom was like not afraid of the grease oh, you yeah. know that yeah. so she was like all right i'm gonna like you know put this sucker in here for mm-hmm. you know five seconds ten seconds just get it a little bit moist so it doesn't fall apart it's not yeah. cracking or anything like that and that's kind of maybe because i grew up with that as my you know what what, what i thought was uh, uh, the correct way to do mm-hmm. a tortilla that that's that's what I like the most, like how these are, right? Yeah, they're yeah. like you know they're yeah. They're, you, you don't need two tortillas. Yeah, yeah, you know. whatever. You just need one. Yeah, you know, and it just it, yeah. it wraps around the taco perfectly. Yeah. It's not brittle. It's yeah. not gonna break on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it doesn't so that, dry out your mouth yeah. when you eat it. And then uh, contra- I know this is controversial, and because we've had this whole argument, you know that taco group gets fired up sometimes. Oh yeah, <laughs> but um, I, <coughs> yeah, but they're very passionate, mm-hmm. and so that's good. I was actually That's New Mexico. Uh, yeah, on a side note, I'll tell you, <laughs> I was looking at our stats because I wanted to talk to a little bit about that. Um, and we've, in the last 28 days, there's been 3,300 posts, likes, and comments on the page. Wow. 3,300, awesome. which is incredible to yeah. me. I'm like, what are you guys doing? And then I realized half of them are me, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on 1,400. Oh, that's a little oh, bit. Ooh. Oh, yeah, awkward, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but, um, you know, I've, I've posted on here before uh, on, the, on the group, in the group. About how I like I like hard corn tortilla. Yeah. Like I like a hard shell taco. I uh-huh. just like it. Yeah. I like the texture of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of the times, um, what I've noticed is like what I assume are our traditional me- uh, mexicanos, yeah, people, yeah. people from Mexico. They're yeah. very adamant about a hard shell taco is not a taco, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, I don't know. I just like it. I yeah. like the way it crunches. And so you know, this sounds weird, but um, I don't know if you remember Poppin' Taco. Oh, yeah. It used to be three yeah. tacos, I think, for like three thirty-three. Yeah. yeah. And they had the uh, hard shell mm-hmm. taco. And I don't even remember what was inside. Yeah. Probably just ground beef. Yeah. And, but the, the taco shell was so light and crispy and airy. Yeah. And it was just like so good. <laughs> and I, I used to love their taco yeah. shell. I don't know why. Well, there's, a, there's a lot of spots um, around town that, that do them like that. You know, I mean, even growing up, my auntie, that's how they did them. You know, you... Um, you know, soft, soft uh, corn tortillas, so they would soften them up first, fill them, yeah. and then put a toothpick. Oh, yes. And then they would deep fry them mm-hmm. like that. So a lot of places in town, they're still yeah. like that, where they're like a little clamshell. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like a little, you got to shuck them. That brings, <laughs> <laughs> that brings like pedicles to mind, dude. Yeah. They, I think they do that. Um, I just noticed the other day when I was there that they there was toothpick holes, so that's why I think they, they do that. But uh, that's, okay, we're on to something there. Yeah. We can make an oyster taco, though. There you go. <laughs> I actually said, you know what was funny this past week? I said the tacos, if you think about it, are kind of like a lazy man dumpling. You know, like, I mean, we just, <laughs> like we a, just don't seal yeah, them you and, just don't seal and it, do yeah. the extra seal. We're just like, whatever. Until it's done, <laughs> just eat it. <laughs> you know? That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I've, uh, I, I think uh, one of the other things that is really important about the tortilla mm-hmm. is that, um, like, there's also this other argument about flour and corn, right? Mm-hmm. And so... I personally like corn, mm-hmm. and that's what, that's what I always order. I don't. I very rarely order a 
a um, flower. I think you have some flower on your um, menu, right? Yeah, I, I have um, the large uh, flower tortillas, and I'll cut those out for you if you mm -hmm. really are mm -hmm. adamant about mm -hmm. it. I don't offer it mm -hmm. just for just for that sake, mm -hmm. you know, of mm -hmm. having a, the process oh, yeah, sure. of having a cut, but yeah. I'll gladly make them for you. Right, okay, cool. But, so uh, that's an option. Mm -hmm. Cool. But I know that there's some people that love them, you know, as a soft oh, yeah. taco or whatever. Uh, but what I was going to say before that is the important part, I think, about the tortilla, too, is that um, I, I've been to some places where the filling, whatever it is, is just so moist, which mm -hmm. is usually a good thing, but sometimes it just blows out your taco. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you just got to be, as a taquero, I think you got to be aware of, okay, this is a real juicy one. Mm -hmm. Let me throw a second on there if I need yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. or You know what I mean? Like, no, that's, um, that's absolutely right. You know, And that yeah. goes into cooking like grandma yeah. or cooking with, with services that or constantly how can you be better yeah you know, like once you get lazy into your job even if it's just making the same old tacos every day yeah you can always be better every yeah. day you know? yeah. if you're not striving to do that then um you got to change your mindset that's, yeah because that's sure. what's going to get you noticed you know? yeah i can tell i can tell um that you challenge yourself you know and oh, yeah. you challenge others i just mm -hmm. saw that you were um at where was it high point grill on the west side yeah yeah and so congratulations oh them. thank you man thank you <laughs> and so yeah. you know that that's that's got to be a fun part of your gig right oh absolutely you know i mean it, it just goes to show people what i'm trying from day one is to get people to realize that uh, just change their whole mindset. Yeah. Uh, I forgot the guy came in or whatever, and uh, you know had the Korean taco, and it was like that was one of the best tacos I've ever had in my life. You know, yeah. and I never thought I would have ordered that. As well. right. I'm like, that's what I'm trying to get you to do. Yeah, yeah. Change Open your, mindset. your mind, right? Yeah. Because yeah. who knows? Once you, once you, uh, you know, you're more willing to try that. Mm -hmm. Who knows what other experiences you're going to be more open to? Yeah, for you know? sure. And uh, you know how much more fulfilling it's going to make your life. You know? Yeah. And make you happy which then in turn makes people happy around you, you know, you're planning so. you're planting the little seed that's it now i'm doing i'm doing, <laughs> doing my part, part you're doing, doing my part, part but yeah. it takes everybody's hands you know yeah that's great uh, we got a lot of seeds to plant so the tortilla <laughs> definitely I, I would say that's almost 50 percent. yeah that's at least it, it's oh yeah i have to name a percent yeah i'll say 50 yeah yeah 50. that's what i mean it's it's pretty darn important i think no absolutely yeah. and um you know we don't make our corn tortillas fresh here mm -hmm. um I use a solid brand, and but we do treat them right. We dip them in oil and then we we mm -hmm. bring them up on the grill. So you almost get two textures sometimes. You know, yeah. you get that griddle really hot and a little crispy. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you get a little you get that little crispy brown mm -hmm. uh, car caramelization going mm -hmm. on there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, then they come out super moist. Mm -hmm. You only need the one tortilla. You don't need mm -hmm. five. Yeah, you know, exactly. Stacked and then you got just a <laughs> mouthful of tortilla. Oh, dope. Yeah. 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 Um, but I always say once we are able to graduate to the next spot, that's going to be the next thing. Is we'll be making our own nice. corn tortillas here, yeah. And uh, I'm excited well, for yeah. Doing the labor. That, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't realize, like, the labor that goes into it sometimes, you know. Oh, like, it's incredible. They it's just a see lot, yeah. you, you, there's, it's a magic deck, you know, <laughs> like, to, to, to make it happen so freely and so easily. <laughs> you know, like, a lot of work has gone beforehand, and yeah. a lot of work happens after the, the sign is flipped. You yeah, know? So, yeah. Uh, Respect your taqueros, okay? Yeah. <laughs> we need doing, a shirt. We need a t-shirt. They're doing God's work. Yeah. We need a t-shirt, man. Respect, respect your taqueros. Respect your taqueros. Respect yeah. your local taqueros. Oh, man. I'd love to get together. We can make a whole line of t-shirts, <laughs> man. That'd be great, man. That'd be awesome. Uh, so then we got the fillings. Yeah. Um, I guess that's all up to personal preference, though. You know? but, uh, I think but, so, yeah. But getting... So then I guess once you take out the, the fact of the tortilla, then it comes down to... Uh, 
fillings and toppings. And condiments, yeah, yeah. and that kind of stuff. I think for me, like I, almost, almost what always drives my decision on what to order is what's going to be inside. You know, I think okay. that that's probably... Probably with most people, right? Oh, yeah, is it yeah. going to be carnesada? Is it going to be carnitas? Is it going to be buche or yeah, yeah. pepitas or what? You know. And so I think that um, I think that that's probably like of the remaining fifty percent. Yeah. For me, it's probably like forty percent of that, right? Forty like, percent. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I'd probably I probably now thinking of it, I'd probably switch that so that you know the filling is fifty percent, the tortilla is like forty percent, right. and then the rest is like ten percent. Yeah, you yeah. know. And you know, one thing. This is another uh, you know unorthodox stance that I have, but I like cheese, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I like cheese <laughs> on tacos, and I know that the Mexican uh, version or style of taco generally doesn't yeah, have a yeah. lot of cheese, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, a lot of the times when I go and I'll go to a Mexican taqueria, they'll be like, you want cheese on your tacos? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they, it, they, half the time it catches them off guard. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? And they got the big old heads, man, up for the whole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. It's like, oh, my God. Got a whole inch of cheese yeah. snowfall. Yeah. <laughs> so that's important, I think. Yeah. You know, and then, of course, what do you think about hot sauce? So for me, actually, like, you know, I'm a hot sauce fanatic. You I know, can so, tell by yeah, your collection over there. And that's mostly just for me. Like, <laughs> I, I share with my customers, but mostly all that hot sauce there, that's, that's just for me. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, like for me, like hot sauce is like at least like 25%. Because mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm just looking sometimes for a vessel to right. transport the hot sauce into my mouth. You know? yeah, yeah. Whether it's chip, tacos. Because it would look awkward yeah, if you're there. <laughs> yeah. So, so then it comes down to just, you know, steak, chicken. Or fish or whatever, right. but uh, you know, just being cooked right, being yeah. conscious of of uh, how long it takes to cook something. You yeah, that's why I choose like the slower roasted meats, like the carnitas and the mm-hmm. brisket mm-hmm. and stuff like that, because yeah, we we confit it in, in its own fat for right. for long over twenty four hours, you mm-hmm. know, because it's it's just sitting there and it's good to for the meat to just constantly soak in it. Sure. But then on top of that, now we have this soft, luscious meat, but then we take that and we throw that onto the griddle mm-hmm. and get some of that Maillard reaction, get some of that, that meat. Caramelization. Yeah, right? yeah, and then you get two different textures now because now you got that crispy beef bits on the end there yeah. and you have the soft, you know, so it's a perfect melt. So, uh, and just how, you know, so getting a real fatty meat inside, inside of a nice uh, freshly prepared tortilla and just the sauce. Mm-hmm. Like to me, like that's, that's all I need. I, of course, you know, I love a little bite of some onion sure. and some cilantro in there sure. or whatever. But to me, like, that, that would be it. Yeah. So, so I think, um, you know, one thing that I've noticed is vinegar-based hot sauces, mm-hmm. um, do, they do a good job at cutting fat. Absolutely. Know? And so it's like whenever you uh, have a really fatty meat, sometimes carnitas can be that way yeah. or uh, some others. I've seen, um, like, if you get the Mexican style of chicharrones, yeah. it's like piel, right? It's yeah, just yeah. the skin, and yeah. it's very wiggly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. what I, like, everyone that <laughs> is from here that orders it, like, I just talked to my friend, yeah. and he, he lived in Austin for since 2012, right? And yeah. I, I, you know, New Mexico called him back home, so I, I went out there to help him move back home. Yeah. And he was saying, dude, like, when you order chicharrones, here from one of the taqueros it's just like a it's like skin and it's like not yeah. what i think of when yeah, i think of crunchy yeah i think yeah, yeah. crunchy and yeah. meat a little bit of meat and, uh-huh. and a lot of fat right and so i just thought you know that 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 little wiggly thing and i lost my train of thought now <laughs> but uh but no yeah i think that that's um i don't even know where i was going with that but no i mean um you know um 
I know uh, Don Choche. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what I was, th I was thinking about the vinegar based hot sauce. Ah, uh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, you know, when you have something fat like that, sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. But uh, when you have something fat like that, that vinegar kind of uh, livens it up and it cuts through the fat. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, it's like well thought out, you mm -hmm, know. So, mm -hmm. um, like, a lot of people come in and, like, I have all my tacos uh, kind of already pre decided, they're yeah. already pre dressed, you right. know. And honestly, I. I get a little little irked when people come in and like, <laughs> can I get this without yeah. this? And I'm like, <laughs> it's it's designed it's a certain way. It's gonna be way, so right? much better with it, yeah, but yeah. sure, whatever. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, but yeah, because I'm I'm trying to be conscious of that that perfect bite. You know, mm -hmm. the taco is the vessel where you can get the perfect bite. Sometimes, and even when I build my burritos, mm -hmm. conscious of spreading out everything. So then when you roll it. You should get everything. You should get everything in every bite. I've yeah. been too many times. I've been places and gotten a chicken and bean burrito. Yeah. I got beans on one. It's a yin and yang. And <laughs> I'm like, what? what the hell, man? You gotta look at the bottom. Like, <laughs> it's like you gotta, you gotta shake. Yeah, you gotta you gotta shake up your burrito yeah, first. Yeah, shake it before eating. <laughs> I saw I saw on the burrito topic. I saw recently that people are now making burrito koozies. So you could put your burrito. Oh my God. <laughs> I think they're. I think it was a local company too. So oh, yeah, they're they're puro local, man. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You were uh, mentioning you mentioned Don Choche though. Yeah, Don I Choche. Love them, man. Yeah, uh, shout they're, out to Don Choche, man. Yeah. Uh, I still haven't been down to your new shop, but I, I'd love to go there. He's still running the taco truck, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think. Uh, Thursdays, I just know that Thursday, I think they're still at Downtown Marble. Okay. And they've been there for who knows how long. You're Probably right. since you gave your spot up. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that, I, I that, really love their stuff. It's really great. Uh, Marble, speaking of Marble and that, um, you know, just what they've done for, like, the food truck scenes, you know, it's been amazing. Um, so many food trucks have starting to got, uh, starting, starting to get their own brick and mortars going. Mm -hmm. You know, I, uh, they gave my partner... Uh, Raul Maestas, they gave him uh, a little space mm. in their west side tap oh, room yeah. for yeah, Ohana sure. Hut. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I know Subak, um, John from mm. there, they're just opening up Soul Bowl mm -hmm. down over here off of Central. Nice. Uh, so they'll have a little spot now too, you know, and I mean, it's just from that constant, uh, constant, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Exposure, exposure, right, yeah. yeah. Over there, that that Marvel has offered because mm -hmm. they're just so popular or whatever. Mm -hmm. But they offer, you know, they they pay it forward by offering you some space. They don't ask for anything, right. you know. They just tell you here's here's where you plug in, right? And yeah, that's like that. Just work with us, yeah. you know, be clean and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, man, the time that we had there, we always did incredible. Yeah. Uh, I know that it was great for them. It was great for us. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a good marriage. I think that there's a lot of breweries in, in our vibrant brewery scene. That are uh, that are supporting those Absolutely. those local um, those local trucks, you know, and I, I I think what we've seen now in in the brewing industry is like the pendulum is starting to swing the other way, right? And so like ten years ago, um, you know, the model for breweries was kind of like okay, open, and then you can marble kind of paved the way in that, right? Like you don't need to have your own kitchen there, mm -hmm. right? And you know, the precursor to that, of course, was the opposite, which was a brew pub like Tama yeah. River, right. which was white tablecloth, yeah. you go in, it was a dining experience, right? right? And so now, you know, I don't think we're, uh, I think the pendulum's swinging back towards the brew pub, right. not to the point of uh, Chama River, but more like casual dining, yeah. good pub grub, you know, uh -huh. um, good good high-end quality beer. Right. And so you'll uh, you'll notice that I think that a lot of the breweries that are going to open moving forward, they're going to have they're going to have their own food there, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I think that that's going to be probably the trend. That's what right. the, 
That's what the data is saying anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, I know that um, when I went to Eugene, Oregon, uh, I found a really cool spot. Um, actually was partnered with one of the guys who ran a food truck out here. I don't know if you ever remember the Zingaro food truck. Uh, that sound they specialized in burgers. Mm -hmm. And one of his secrets was he blended up uh, dehydrated tomato into mm. his patties. I swear it was like one of the <laughs> That sounds up until I mean, no, it's probably still better than my burger, but it, is, <laughs> it, it was such an incredible burger, man. Um, but anyway, so they they left here, and they were set up now in Eugene, Oregon. They basically set up a beer garden, mm -hmm. but the beer taps are inside, and then outside they have uh, five stationary food trucks. So they basically leased out these five parking spots gotcha. you know, to these food trucks, yeah. and they provide them with oil disposal, gray water disposal. You know, they have all this um, – they have all these things um, – for them. And there's a variety of food. Yeah, and then you have, yeah. yeah, so then they can go outside, you know, customers can go outside, they have the choice of food, you know, you can have burgers, they can have pizza, but it's awesome. all craft, all local, uh, small businesses, you know, just, just getting a start, you know, I think that's, that's great, and that's where it should go, you know, um, mm -hmm. I know in Japan, a lot of places are just really small, I, I see the trend going from outside of these mega Spots like I know Salt Yard just popped up, mm -hmm. which is a huge place. Mm -hmm. But I see the trend actually uh, being, you know, there'll be a Smaller. landlord landlord getting a, a huge spot mm -hmm. and then leasing out these separate little spots, or maybe just a collective group getting together uh, and becoming their own. Are you thinking of something kind of like Green Jeans, where it's like a yeah. container park where there's mm -hmm. a bunch of different options? Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I, I, these I little the these yeah. little more of these little cluster mm -hmm. kind of. Uh, communities right know? sure and I think it's great because it gives the small entrepreneur that might not have the money for an $80,000 food truck right yeah. or to open up to get a hood installed which you know is expensive exactly. you know and maybe they maybe they can uh, kind of cram into one of these places to prove their concept to no, prove, uh, well, you know that they can cook good food and that's that's kind of like the you know you got to start low uh, and that's what a food truck it was able to offer is that yeah. you're able to start low and yeah. just see is this actually going to work, you right. know? Yeah. And then if it doesn't, then yeah. no worries. It's a minimal investment. Right. But, yeah. you know, these are things that, uh, you know, people should be thinking about if they're looking at starting yeah. a small business. This is the startup cost. And then also factoring in that, that working capital yep. that you're going to need. Um, for me, I'm lucky because I'm, I'm blessed with a, a strong work ethic, strong back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I do, I do a lot of grunt work, and yeah, I don't yeah. complain about it. I was going to say, yeah. I, I, you, don't, you don't strike me as the kind of person that gives up too easy either, so yeah. that's good. Yeah, so... <laughs> it takes that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and I know that, that some people, like, they have, you know, so what I'm saying is, like, you have to be kind of physically fit. Right. You know, or have some sort of, like, at least, um, you know, know-how that you're going to be... This is a very labor-intensive yeah, yeah. job, you know, yeah. and a lot of small businesses are. It's and demanding. It, yeah, yeah, very demanding. Yeah. I mean, I, even uh, I'm sure you're, uh, you traveling back and forth, going to all these different places, all the mm -hmm. mind uh, time that you put into how you're approaching new clients Absolutely. and stuff like that yeah. and, and how each one is different yep. and all these, uh, just the um, uh, communication skill that it takes, you mm -hmm. know, to work with new clients every day and new personalities. Yeah, it's, it's um, mentally and physically exhausting exactly. most of the time. <laughs> exactly, which can take away, you know, from family or anything like yeah, that. Sure. So, yeah. uh, like, for me, I'm, I'm just like, I, I want to work for as long as I can until I'm just like, okay, I need a break. And then <laughs> I'll take my break, yeah. and then I'll just get back to work. Yeah. You know? yeah. uh, but, um, you know, I think th that's something that... Um, people who are looking to get into small business working for themselves that's what they should realize you know that's the stuff that athletes are talking about 
putting in that extra work and just yep. being totally engulfed with it. Um, it'll pay off, you know, as long as you keep making those strides to move forward. But um, you got to persevere. Yeah, you can't give up. Got to persevere, and, man. and you got you're gonna fail a lot of the times. I mean, how many times have you failed? <laughs> Me too. Right. I don't, I don't like, even keep track. Of yeah, 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 yeah. I just so take them off. We just move on now. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you gotta you're gonna fail. And you and you got to uh, you got to use it as a lesson and move on. That's you know? right, man. And uh, there's a lot of setbacks that come with um, with, with owning your own business. But um, I'm a huge advocate for it. If someone um, is willing, if they're passionate about something, they're willing to commit the time, effort, mm-hmm. um, and and expertise and knowledge and uh, learning every single day. Uh, then one day you get to the tipping point where you're like, I think. Make sure no one's watching when <laughs> yeah. you're saying this to yourself. But you're like, I think I'm getting the hang of it a little yeah. bit, right? And yeah. it, sometimes it takes years to get to that mm-hmm. point. Like for me, I was naive and I thought that, oh, one year in, I'll be good, you know, it'll be smooth sailing. <laughs> now, five years later, still making mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Still, um, you know, have to get up every day and put a lot of effort into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but. I'm like you, man. I love it. Yeah. I like it. I, I, it's the challenge of it that mm-hmm. makes me keep going. Oh, and I think uh, New Mexico is great. Uh, it's it's very supportive in the small businesses yeah. and stuff like that. And um, there's just so much synergy out here. Yeah. Like, just from me coming back, you know, I mean, falling into this spot at AIK and working with this family, uh, the Gallegos, they've been great. Um, you know, working with Raul, um, you know, all these other local businesses, just how Marvel was when I first got started. Mm-hmm. And just like... Well, yeah, we'd love to have you here. Just yeah. what can you, what can you, how, like, what are you going to offer? What can we do to work? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, just reach out, continue to reach out with people. I know um, a good friend of mine, Chef Jesse. Shout out to Jesse. Uh, she just started her own uh, private chef business, I believe, in catering. Uh, Zia Chef. So look out for the Zia Chef. There, there's a little shout out for you, Jess. Nice. Um, and we but, have a whopping one live viewer right now. Hello. So hello. <laughs> oh, two. We're up to two. That's all right. People are gonna watch this later. Yeah. Um, they're at work right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, they're at work right now. <laughs> We're over here hanging out. Um, but you know, I, I just love that about New Mexico because it just you just see so much more creativity because mm-hmm. people have to really think out the box and mm-hmm. think of ways to make mm-hmm. themselves stand out. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in uh, this already very creative environment. Mm-hmm. On this subject, I want to say something real quick. Yeah. A couple things. One is if you can find a mentor, that's huge. So, um, you know, try to find a mentor that can help you through the early stages of your business. I think that that's uh, one thing that if I had to go back, I would try to do um, because I had to learn everything the hard way. It's just uh, (laughs) reading and calling people and, uh, you know, doing what I could to try to piece everything together. So um, that's that's one thing that's really, really important. Um, The other thing is... Um, just you can't and I already said this but you can't give up you just got to keep going absolutely so I'm excited yeah Um, so what are you happy where your business is at right now or are you where are you seeing it for the future no man I'm always striving yeah you know yeah so you know uh, you know I have a second business uh, which is called Prime Lines that we, uh, a partner and I started in 2006, uh, 2016, November. Nice. And so what we do is we uh, maintain draft beer lines okay. um, and we install draft beer equipment. And so, uh, you know, we've been very fortunate to uh, gain the support of a lot of uh, local breweries that have hired us to maintain their beer lines out in the market. Awesome. And so, um, you know, that business I see as something that can, that can really grow and gr- get, Absolutely. and we have some great momentum right yeah. now. Um, and so, you know, every day 
as a business owner, I'm thinking, well, how do I add value, right? Like, mm -hmm. how do I keep the, the current customers that I have happy? And what can I do to get more customers and keep them happy too, right? right? Um, all while trying to juggle everything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, but that's part of the challenge and that's part of, uh, the, you know, the, the, um, the idea of the whole thing that I like, you mm -hmm. know, is, is, is um, not having that repetitious... Uh, mundane sort of routine to my life. I like to have every day have, be a variety, Absolutely. like today, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I think, you know, I, I have bigger ambitions. Yeah. I want to grow. We have some ideas on how we can innovate in draft beer. Um, and so hopefully we can we can do some of those and accomplish those goals. Yeah. I can, man. That's awesome. How about you? Uh, me? Absolutely. I'm, a, I'm always looking to grow. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, you know, we got different ideas coming up. You got I, this idea right here. I got my hot sauce, yeah, which we've been working on, and I'm I'm very happy about it. What did you think? It was delicious, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, the red, I think, was uh, a little spicy. Yeah. It was, like, good spicy. And then the green, was that a tomatillo base, or No, no tomatillo, just all green chili. Nice. New Mexico green chili, yeah, yeah puro green chili, and, and some some other stuff. Can't, can't get that out <laughs> on national TV. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, uh, we got our food truck. Uh, we've been doing sushi classes at Marvel now. We got another one coming up here on Monday. Cool. Uh, catering is always a big thing, but obviously, as I'm getting older now, you know, speaking about a, a strong back, like you know, definitely am having to hand more off right, to sure. people. You know, so definitely those uh, the business side of systemizing everything for mm -hmm. people, you know, is becoming more into play now. Mm -hmm. You know, which takes a little bit more of that mental time, but. Mm -hmm. um, Everything is, is going very smoothly, man, and, and I'm just totally grateful for where I'm at, yeah. you know, and to be around. Uh, really, it's the the motivation that you get from the people. Like, New Mexico is a, a hard-working yeah. town, you know, or a hard-working uh, state, you know. So, like, you look around, and people are busting their asses right. everywhere, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm just grateful that I'm busting my ass for myself. Right, yeah, you know that's what I'm for sure. And, um, you know, as long as they're doing it, then then I'm going to be doing it, too. You know, my dad, he's 65 65 57 uh, no 62, 62. he's 60 <laughs> sorry sorry we'll about. edit it out yeah yeah he's 62 he uh and he's still busting his ass he retired yep. from the fire department he's still busting his ass his mm -hmm. birthday's coming up here uh in a couple months but his father's day mm -hmm. father's day coming up you're dead aren't you yeah yeah I, am. Uh, I got three girls three girls yep my goodness <laughs> and i'm still alive <laughs> <laughs> for yeah. the time being what uh what are some of their interests uh so <clears throat> i have an eldest girl she's 16 just got her driver's license uh she's having a great time actually working at sonic right now oh, she yeah? just started two weeks ago <laughs> nice. so uh she just i she wanted to do something fun and so yeah. uh she's doing that she's a uh very uh talented athletic soccer player yeah um that's our sport of our family uh pretty much i grew up playing soccer i still do yeah and um, I was her coach for about seven or eight years, and oh, then wow. I had to hand her off yeah. to the, to the next level coach because I <laughs> I realized that oh man she's she's really good she's just naturally talented her team was the uh, state champions last year and um, you know she was the captain of the Los Lunas High School soccer team oh, last wow. year as a sophomore that's awesome so we're congratulations really, really proud of her Gabby yeah. so Gabby yeah and then I have a middle daughter she's uh, into club softball okay so um anytime they I don't know if you know this do you have kids no oh, okay kids. so you don't, you don't know this yet so <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna give you a great piece of advice okay anytime you know because you have the regular little league right mm -hmm. um you know because she's into softball but once once they start you know getting a little bit older a lot of the times they'll switch over to what's called club 
or you know club soccer and, and right. in the case of my oldest daughter club softball for for my middle daughter uh-huh. and all club means is that they take a bunch of kids that are really interested in, in staying on the same team and, and going forward and usually they're pretty talented kids but club just um, you know it like quadruples the price of the whole idea oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because then you're traveling and you're going yeah. out of state and you're oh, doing this yeah. sort of stuff so she this was her first season uh, this is I should say we're in the midst of it her first season for club softball uh, she's the first chair clarinet um, uh, in the school band. Wow. Uh, she's uh, done some programming classes, some robotics and stuff like that. She loves reading. Um, she's very studious. Yeah. Um, in the in, I I have a lot of uh, similarities in my personality with yeah, her. Yeah. I love to read. She loves to read. Um, awesome. I'm intrigued and en- endlessly curious about science and um, just whatever weird topics and so is she yeah. so you know sometimes we'll go at fact battles i'm like did you know this and she's like, did you know this <laughs> you know and we'll try to one-up each other right and so she's got me a couple yeah. times where i'm like no i didn't know that yeah. actually that's pretty good uh that's sophia and then i have a baby she's six years old that's awesome yeah man. and she's uh, into ballet um and she loves uh playing barbies with my wife who indulges her <laughs> i my my wife is sometimes you know she's like I've played Barbies for three hours today. I don't know if I can keep doing it. Um, but my wife is very <clears throat> loving and accommodating. She's a great wife and mother, so I've been very lucky to find a partner to raise these three amazing girls with. That's awesome, yeah. man. She uh, even makes, i got to tell her, say this on camera so she knows I give her credit for yeah. this, but my wife even makes Barbie clothes on the sewing machine for my daughter. Oh, for the da- my daughter's Barbies. Oh, my so I mean, that's how talented and, and committed she is to do it. I'm like... Good for you, Lisa. Good for you. You're one of the good ones. You got to find you one, man. <laughs> oh, man. I'm looking. I'm looking. Accepting applications. <laughs> Swipe right on this guy. Swipe right out there. All right. Now, um, so who makes the tacos at home then? Uh, so we kind of trade off. Okay. Um, if it's anything exotic or out of the ordinary, it's me. Yeah. Um, if it's ground beef, then it's my wife. Yeah. Uh, or chicken. Yeah. So, you know, we do. This is a hack for everyone out there. Um, and I don't know. This is cheating. I know that. But a lot of the times we'll go to a local grocery store like Albertsons and we'll go buy a rotisserie chicken mm-hmm. already pre-cooked. Yeah. Like, you know, during the week. Oh, yeah. Because it's uh, so we don't have to cook the chicken. Right. Yeah. And we just that's instant tacos. man. Oh, man. It's really nice. It's super easy. So what I usually do is I take all the white meat because my kids are picky, of yeah. course. And I saute it with uh, just regular but- salted butter and garlic. OK. And, and um, I just saute the white meat there. Make some corn tortillas. That's todo, man. That's it. It's brilliant i like it my wife likes it. everyone likes it so i'm like yeah. that's good seven dollar rotisserie chicken couple bucks and corn tortillas and everything else and you're good that's ten dollar awesome, dinner man yeah so one of uh you could definitely say like my family we sat down like in my immediate family we sat down at the dinner table maybe once twice a week mm-hmm. tops mm-hmm. but for the most part we were always like on it like everyone's never got met, their own schedule yeah everybody you know i was working at monroe's my sister, you know, doing her thing. My parents, they were coming home at various times. You know, my dad, sometimes he would, wouldn't be home for, like, two days because right. he was at the fire department. Uh-huh. You know, so, like, we didn't really always sit down for dinner, so sometimes we just made stuff for ourselves. Right. Or we just snacked a lot. You right, know? So yeah. tacos are a perfect snack. Right, yeah. I remember my dad one time made, uh, you know, he's cooking something, so I look in there, like, what are you making? I'm making Chinese Chinese uh, tacos. Chinese <laughs> tacos? I was like, I want one. You know, so, I, so I get one, and all it was... <laughs> 
was a corn tortilla that we heated on the flame. Uh, he put uh, like a slice of turkey breast on it, some cheese, some like chopped red onion, yeah, and yeah. some sriracha sauce. Oh, dude, yeah, and then that's that was it. it. <laughs> and, I was, and it was so good. The only reason what made it Chinese was the damn sriracha. sriracha yeah. <laughs> And, it's, but, a, it's a magical sauce. Yeah, so I'll always remember that, and that was like, I was, I still have that snack every now and then. <laughs> if, I awesome. ha, if I have the ingredients, I'll put that snack together for sure. <laughs> and that was probably one of the uh, the early seeds that led me on this path. <laughs> yeah, that was a few, your dad was doing fusion before it was cool, man. I know, he was doing fusion way before it was cool, man. Oh, jeez. Um, so, what uh, what is your favorite beer to have with tacos? Um, it depends on the ingredients, I think. What yeah. I've noticed is um, if there's a if there you know, the default, I think that a lot of people go to, of course, is a Mexican style mm-hmm. lager. And so you know, Corona mm-hmm. Modelo. We're not sponsored yet by Corona. Not sponsored yet, but yeah, we're, we're looking. We're working. So, um, but you know, Corona, Corona Modelo Especial. Uh, Negro Modelo, yeah. which is a little bit darker beer, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that that's great with something like what we had today, the Absolutely. carne asada. Yeah. Um, a mole would be great with that beer. You Especially know, if you're able to get taco. those beers like like that ice cold, yeah. you know, where they just pour out slush. That's delicious. You know, that beer slush. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Now you're transporting me to another place. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think those, you know, those beers... Um, pair well with tacos for a reason, right? Yeah. They're crisp, they're they're clean, they're easy to drink. If you're gonna have, you know, half dozen tacos, you can probably have a half dozen of those beers right, too. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's not too bad. Yeah. So um, I think that that's that's um, you know that that's basically what I usually go with is something clean and crisp. Um, now on that subject, though, when you're when you're pairing beer and food, there's three uh, principles that you didn't generally want to try to adhere to, mm-hmm. and and one of them. Um, one of them is called intensity. So okay. in wine, they call it weight, right? Yeah. Um, but in beer, we call it intensity. So okay. for instance, when you have something, you know, what's your spiciest, you know, meat that you have on the... On the uh, spiciest meat would probably be the, I guess, the al pastor. Al pastor, okay. Yeah. So it's a marinated red, I'm yeah. sure. Uh, and so, you know, you don't really want, you know, if you're really going for a good pairing, you don't want to... Um, Pair something that's really a beer, beer that's light and delicate that can't stand up to the heat and right. spiciness of that. Okay. So that's why you want to try to match intensity, mm. right? And so you can't have like an IPA with the going off of the taco subject. You can't have that with like a delicate white fish, right? Mm. Because it's going to overpower right. the, the subtlety of the flavors in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you want to try to match the intensity the best you can. Okay. Uh, the second principle is you want to find some comparison, right? Okay. So most people, when they think of um, pairing either wine and food and or beer and food, they always think, oh, well, I, I should just find similarities, yeah. right? Oh, there's this really jammy, raspberry-like uh, character in this wine. Maybe I should pair this with a, a raspberry chocolate cake, right. right? And so that's just one element of it, right? Yeah. And, and that's fine. It's going to go together and they're going to match. But, you know, the best food and beer pairings and food and wine pairings I've ever had um, have this really multifaceted uh, different layers of complexity to the, both the dish and how it how it 
kind of plays in concert with the with the beer. Okay. Right? And so the third thing, um, so first of all, intensity. Second of all, something that, that is comparative, something that you is similar. Okay. And then the, the last thing is something that contrasts. Okay. Right? So we talked a little bit about vinegar cutting fat. Yeah. Right? So beer, acid in beer cuts fat too. Oh, right? okay. And so you want, you know, if you have something really effervescent, like a champagne-like beer, like say a Belgian-style Saison, mm-hmm. um, that's going to cut the fat. So that's okay. a great... Uh, pairing with something like a pork belly, right? Okay. So it's a really fatty cut, right? right, right, right. And so it's going to cut that fat. Um, that's going to give you that nice contrast. Um, you might have some similarities in how you glaze the pork belly and the malt in the beer. Okay. Uh, and then you know you you want to obviously be cognizant and aware of the intensity of both those those ingredients. Oh know? wow! So oh. those those are the three principles that you try to adhere to. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I, when I do beer pairing though, I go off the deep end and I'm like. Eh. <laughs> You know, so and it you, works. Yeah. Do you have any any type of beer that you can say is like your go to, like your like your solid? This is your solid beer. They're like there's desert island beer. Desert island beer. Where's that? No, oh, I'm saying I, oh. if you're on a desert island, oh, what beer oh, would you bring? Right? Yeah. Like where, where's this? Beer? <laughs> yeah, <wait. laughs> so I've never heard of it. <laughs> but no, yeah. Uh, so my desert island beer, I get. I mean, oh, yeah. You can imagine I can I get uh, asked this a lot. Yeah. Um, I always fall back on, and this is, some people might think it's boring, but a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Okay. That beer from that brewery yeah. um, is perfect, yeah. in, in my opinion. It's yeah. just the perfect beer. It's got character, but it's easy to drink. Um, it's not overly bitter. It's got this nice malt body um, that is, uh, you know, kind of conjures up uh, subtle caramely character um, the hops are really floral and piney and citrusy right. it's just when you get that beer and it's fresh and it's bottle conditioned in the bottle um, or in the can it's just incredible yeah. I, I, I've never had a, a visceral beer experience like that as when I've had that beer in the right context yeah yeah you know? oh awesome man no I, I love that beer as well yeah. man that, that's definitely one of the ones that that are on my uh my top 10 for sure. One of your desert albums. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my, yeah. I, yeah. I, I hope to fall, I hope to uh, be stranded on a desert island that, <laughs> used, to, that used to have a brewery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With yeah. endless supply of beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They won't rescue you, but they'll drop you pallets that, of beer. That yeah. is fine. That yeah. is fine with me. Um, oh, man, this has been great. I had, all right, well, let's, let's go into the lightning round. Okay. Because I'm trying to think. Or something, maybe something will come to my mind. Okay. So what, what is your inspiration? In life, in general, just, in tacos. Yeah, in, in general, man. Just whatever, whatever comes to mind. Uh, you know, this is this is cliche, but my my kids, you yeah. know, they they're what drive me. That I always tell them. Um, all this, yeah. everything, all these weekends away, all these late nights that I put in, every single thing that I'm doing is for your benefit. Yeah, yeah. It's not for me. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, it's partially for me, of course. I want a roof over my head and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's like they, they drive me and they um, – there's no more obvious answer than that, right, obviously. No, yeah. But uh, they drive me. Uh, my wife is uh, obviously an incredible partner. So the combination of, of those four people in my life are just – what makes me want to get up every day and do better than yesterday Absolutely. you know what i mean and um it's just it's it's i'm really fortunate and i and i try to count my blessings yeah. and be like wow you know i have three healthy kids that are smart that 
you know, are funny, right. <laughs> that, that are industrious and hardworking and courteous and respectful. And um, we, we put a lot of uh, emphasis on that, my mm-hmm. wife and I, about being respectful and compassionate towards others and helping people. And so, you know, I try to model that in my behavior, too, is I help people that, that need help. I, I go out of my way to try to donate more till it hurts, you right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so those four people are really what, what drives it for me. I love that, man. Yeah. Uh, on that note, uh, what would you say is important? Because I feel like that gets lost uh, with some parents. Um, I'm not speaking my experience yeah. or anything yeah. like that. I'm, I Just from my <clears throat> view of society that some parents, um, like it's important to not let your kid feel like a burden. Like, mm-hmm. they, they, like you, they're your inspiration. They should mm-hmm. always be your inspiration and not a burden. Like... Mm-hmm. Um, like an inconvenience yeah. sometimes. I've yeah, seen you know, that before. I, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm and, saying? And, and I'm by no means perfect, right? Yeah. Like, I'm sure I've come off at some point in my parenting where I'm like, come on, guys. You know, yeah, like, yeah, you're yeah. inconveniencing <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah. And But, you know, ultimately, I think and I hope that they know in their heart that everything that I do is for their benefit. No, and everything that I'm motivated to do is for them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I think that I'm kind of old-fashioned in a sense uh, in some sense of my parenting and in in the case in the sense of like I have expectations of my kids and I hold hold them accountable to those expectations yeah I parent for results you know and a lot of the times I've noticed that uh, parents these days don't parent for results all the the time you know what I mean they're like oh we're just gonna kind of let our kids do their thing right you know what I mean and and which is fine. That's just a different way of, of looking at it. And it takes all types. And um, they might get really great results as parents that they're happy with like that. Yeah, yeah. Me personally, you know, I want to. I want my goals to. I want my girls to set goals. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? I want them to work hard. Absolutely. And I never, ever, ever emphasize emphasize results with them. I only emphasize effort. Right. Only hard work. Yeah. Right. And I say, if you work as hard as you possibly can and you're proving that to me and your mom i can't ask for anything yeah, else yeah. right no that's so. awesome <laughs> i love that man that's good man oh, thank so you. for all the good dads like angelo over here man that's what we need i'll be here all night <laughs> just kidding uh, what would be your last meal oh get. my god if i was on death but, row yeah oh <laughs> Really? Does it have to end? <laughs> um, I've, I've actually, um, there's a really interesting, and this, I don't want to be uh, profane or grotesque here, okay. but there's a really good, um, I saw recently, uh, a couple years ago, a uh, photo series of yeah. this gentleman that had recreated the last meals of death row inmates. Really? Yeah, and so it was interesting to see what people ordered, right? Because I think that, you know, uh, emotionally and psychologically, they're probably if I had to guess, um, ordering something that brings them closer to home, right? Something yeah, yeah. that, that uh, brings them connection, has meaning to them. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, you know, you don't get the benefit of, of hearing that from the inmates in this case. You just see the meal. Yeah. But you can kind of imagine, okay, like, this must have been something his mom made, right? Yeah. Or, the, or his grandma or, you know, something that meant something to him. Right. And so I would encourage people to look that up. It's pretty interesting <laughs> if you're into that kind of thing. No, I totally want to see that. <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, I've thought, I actually have thought about this before. And, you know, my mom, she, growing up and actually even recently, she made these in this, this sounds weird, but there are these little tacos. And it was like she would take a corn tortilla and she would smash some hamburger meat on one side, okay. right? And then she would have a, a sartén, right? Like a, a 
and now I can't think of the word in English. Just a pan, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The deep pan that has uh, grease in it, like uh, the, the cast iron. Yeah, cast iron. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. And so then she would, um, she would just kind of like get the oil real hot, and and the patty would cook like on the actual deal there. So it was on like the, a taco burger almost. Okay. So it would just but the, like. But the patty is so it was raw meat. It was raw meat on the corn tortilla. And so it's cooking. It's cooking by the steam that's coming. Yes. Okay. And so it's just cooking there. It's kind of like a. Beef quesadilla. <laughs> it's something, <laughs> I mean, it's something a, a strange. Beefadilla. A beef yeah, my sister hates them. My dad, I think, hates them. My, I don't even think my mom likes them. Yeah. But like just recently, I was like, Mom, can you come make those at my house? You know, yeah, like yeah. so she came by, she made them. And my kids were like, What is this, dude? <laughs> I'm like, Just think of it like a taco burger thing. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Kind of thing. But I probably have a couple of those. <laughs> yeah. And then I love breakfast foods, man. So bacon, maybe mm. some pastries, a donut. Yeah. A donut. Oh, what kind of donut? French cruller, man. Oh, I love those, French yeah, crullers. Yeah, those are so good, man. Um, probably French cruller. Um, oh man, I, I I don't know. There's so much. So we got a we got a donut on there. We got we got taco. <laughs> couple two tacos. We got a couple taco burgers. Yeah, a little bacon. <laughs> Might have me a little. I don't know, man. I like I like pastries. I'm a sucker oh, for yeah, pastries. Yeah, yeah so man. all that stuff. But maybe something like a. Like a layered, like what's the uh, what's the layered deal in Greek with honey? Oh, the baklava. Spa- uh, baklava. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. know, just like the pistachios. I, I'd ha- I definitely have me like a Templeton's style like gourmet buffet man, oh, yeah. if I could anyway. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you That's know what I mean. Like just like a little. I want a royal buffet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like. Here's your here's your gruel, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here, you know here it is. We just mixed it up, dude. Fuck up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Blend it all for you in a shake. Yeah. Here you go, man. <laughs> That's but I, I remember there was some comedian that had a bit like that, and he's like, "When is it ever acceptable, other than at a all-you-can-eat buffet, yeah, right, right, to have like on your plate a piece of pizza, some mashed potatoes, <laughs> gummy bears, oh, yeah. some ice cream, yeah. you know, all on one plate?" I oh mean, man. Any other any other time would be weird, but oh, in totally, that case man. it fits. Yeah, I uh, I'm a I'm a buffet fan, man. Yeah. I like buffets, you know, because I I'm always I, I love different flavors. I love and then it's perfect because you get to mix your paints right there. You know? <laughs> What a, that one guy was probably like, no, trust me, SpaghettiO tacos are great. I had it once at a buffet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no other was, time would you be motivated yeah, to no do that. No other time would those two ingredients be available. Yeah, readily available, yeah, yeah. right? That's oh, funny. That's, funny. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have to try these little taco burgers, man. I got I to gotta try one. <laughs> next time, I'll, I'll bring you some next time. Oh, that'd be uh, great. I'm building them up too much now, though. Now, you're like, just yeah, little, now your mom's yeah. like, hey, I got orders. I got backup <laughs> orders back over here. What's going on? Um... Who would you say, you know, uh, I'm guessing, okay, so normally I ask uh, a chef, you know, mm-hmm. who's your favorite chef? Mm-hmm. Who is your favorite uh, brewmaster or brew? Local. Oh, wow. Local. Like local brewer? Yeah. Like person? Yeah. Or person. Or brewery. Or brewery. <laughs> <laughs> like them as a person. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think one brewery that's fly, flying under the radar right now that a lot of folks kind of don't know about or have maybe overlooked just because it's really small, is a Sidetrack Brewing okay. Company. Um, they have uh, two two beers on a, on a, on a um, beer engine okay. um, that are really, really excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah, they typically have a pub ale on there, mm-hmm. um, which if you know what a beer engine is, it's a, um, it's a way to mechanically um, serve beer. 
mm. so that you, you're not you're not having to use carbonation to push beer to the to the faucet. Okay. And so what that means is um, typically they come out as really um, less carbonated than a typical beer would be. Nice. Right. Yeah. And so it's got this really unique, smooth quality to it. Is that um, kind of like nitro? Uh, it's kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. It's a little bit different. Nitro uses a a blend of two gases, nitrogen mm -hmm. and CO two. Right. Um, in this case. Um, I, I believe he's just uh, serving on CO2 there, but it's just like it, you have to you have to yeah. go try to 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 know what it is. You know, it's just really nice. Uh, it's usually a little bit higher in uh, temperature as well. Okay. So it's just a, a really great beer. Nice. So I think that they're one of my new of the newer breweries. You right. know, they're two I think years old now, but one of the newer breweries. I, I, I really like and enjoy what they do. Straightforward beer. It's really great. Yeah. Um, I, you, you're never going to be disappointed. They have another beer called Buzz Bomb, which okay. is a pale ale that has coffee in it, which is delicious. Oh, wow. uh, so I think that that's pretty good. If you're looking from a pure quality standpoint and um, – uh, you know, I think that there's some other breweries around town that are just doing really amazing, great stuff, yeah. you know. Uh, La Cumbre's obviously doing great, yeah. and they, they, they make high-quality, consistent beer that is uh, just incredible. Um, Real Bravo is coming out with some really great stuff now. They have mm -hmm. a Czech Pilsner called Send It that they just oh, wow. uh, put out that is really great. Uh, I mentioned Freak Juice earlier, which yeah. is one of those hazy IPAs. Um, so I, I've seen those two come out. Um, I just had the first beer from Ex Novo, which is a new brewery in Corrales. Okay. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised. It was really great. You oh, know? Wow. Typically at the beginning of, um, you know, when you first open, you have a couple batches that, you're, you know, you're dialing everything in. This beer was, was really excellent. It was, it, was, um, it was very crisp and clean. It was their Pilsner. It was, it was very nice. Awesome. So I'm going to have to go check those out. I yeah. want to go check out Side uh, Sidetrack. Sidetrack. Sure. Yeah, you yeah. can check out Sidetrack. So uh, you said that um, they're at a little higher temperature. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of important, too, right, for uh, actually being able to taste some of those, mm -hmm. those ingredients, mm -hmm. right? A lot of people you know, think cold beer or whatever, mm -hmm. but that's, that's a way of masking yes. some, uh, you know, uh, flavor sometimes, you know, and they also cooking it, you know, having that at a super high temp right. is the same way, you know, there's kind of that, that money, that sweet spot. The sweet spot, you know, yeah. Where you can so typically, you know, beer is dispensed at 38 degrees generally for, for craft beers, um, and they kind of go up from there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you'll see some places that are serving beer at 32 degrees, yeah. you know, and um, you're not... The places that are serving beer at 32 degrees, they're not expecting you, I hope they aren't, uh, expecting you to get a lot of the flavor or aroma out yeah. of that beer. Um, in order to perceive that in any real way and be able to, um, you know, use sensory analysis to evaluate the flavors and the aromatics there, you need to bring the temperature up a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's a wide range of different uh, temperatures that you can serve right. beer at. Yeah. Um. Well, that makes me think of, uh, you know, in, in Japan, that's that was a little question that I wanted to touch on. Now that I mm -hmm. got it in my head. Um, sake. Is mm -hmm. anybody anybody brewing sake out here? <laughs> I don't know of anyone brewing yeah. sake in the United States. Yeah. Um, because it's, um, it's a very um, intense, uh, traditional, um, very, it, it's, it's, it's a very unique process. Yeah. So you, you, take, um, you take rice, and you have to basically sprout or germinate that rice. Right. Um, and then there's a whole process that goes into that. Um, I would, 
uh, I can't remember the Netflix documentary, yeah, but there's one yeah, on yeah, on, one. on yeah. sake. Yeah, so um, these guys, you know, they, they basically live at the sake brewery mm-hmm. uh, in order to make this whole process happen. Yeah. And uh, depending on the time and temperature, just like with beer, um, you can have these wildly different characteristics to sake. Right. So I don't know of anyone locally that makes uh, sake. I don't know of anyone yeah. uh, in the U.S. that makes it on a commercial level. Right. I've known of some small, there's actually a, a couple of folks that are here in uh, Albuquerque that have made it, like on a homebrew level. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. But yeah, I haven't. I don't know anyone that makes it on. a yeah. commercial. No, level. that's something that that's interesting to me. And uh, when we were talking about, um, you know, you were talking about like I I like refined flavors. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when you're looking for a good beer, not mm-hmm. so much the gimmicky stuff. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like what uh, Japan has taken on on everything that it produces. You know, is mm-hmm. that continues to refine mm-hmm. it and refine it and mm-hmm. almost like just make it more and more pure you know mm-hmm. and so it's, a lot of this stuff takes time mm-hmm. you know but uh what you're left with you know when you drink like really great sake is like this it tastes like water you know? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like it's clean it's and it's pure it's clean right? and it's pure as water you know maybe you have a dry mouth feel maybe you have some aromatics coming up through a your little nose bit of floral character or, or whatever something. yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. but and you're like well what you know? What what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you, Did like, you really work that hard to strip all the flavor? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. But but part of the reason why is because um, you know they're so focused on the food there too that the drink they don't want to overpower the food. Right. So like when you're having sake or you're having a nice crisp uh, ichiban or mm-hmm. sapporo, mm-hmm. you know these, that are like 32, 29 mm-hmm. degrees. You know, all mm-hmm. slushy. It's made to enhance the it's food. It's there to support the food, yeah. right? And, and to or yeah. not overshadow the food right. and, and to also elevate the experience. Mm-hmm. You know, because sake uh, can get you a nice little buzz going, mm-hmm. which enhances your uh, conversation at mm-hmm. the table. Yeah, you know, the without, social lubricant. Exactly, right? yeah. without taking uh, away from anything. You know, if you get a round of tequila shots, yeah. you know, not only does the night go to shit <laughs> in a short amount of time, right. but, um, you know, you get those people just... You know, got right. the cringe face or yeah. whatever, where sake could be something where it's simple, it's still fun, and uh-huh. it just keeps the, the atmosphere light and, and, and fun, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I was just seeing um, if anybody was doing out that out here or, um, you know, if anybody had that kind of mindset of where they were focusing their, their flavors and their, mm. their uh, brewing too. And, you know, I've never been to Japan yet. Yeah. But... Um, it seems to me like they're very focused on making the highest quality product, like just across the board, oh, yeah. <laughs> as they possibly can. Yeah. So it's no surprise to me that they've refined sake to the point of being pure and perfect. Yeah, right? yeah. So. Oh, man, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. How did you and your wife meet? Uh, oh, this is a pretty good story. I'll give you the short version. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> in, we met in high school. We both went to Los Lunas High School. And... Uh, so I was a junior, she was a freshman, mm-hmm. and she was on the drill team, dance, the dance team, um, and I was in the high school band. I was a drummer in the band. Okay. So you know drummers get all the chicks, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so anyway, so I had heard, it was prom was coming up, and I heard she liked me or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool, I'll ask her, right? Yeah. So I ask her, she says no. Oh. And that was when I was a junior, so, you know, she was a freshman. Yeah. Devastated. I was like, oh, really? Devastated. So, you know what that is, right? I wrote her off. Next on the list. Next. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. So I wrote her off. And we always joke about this. Yeah, yeah. So I wrote her off. And so now to this day, she still claims, well, because her, her, my brother-in-law now, right, is one year older than me. So she said, well, my brother didn't want me. Um, or he's two years older, but his wife is one year older. So he was going to be at our prom yeah, right, yeah. or whatever. 
So he's like, I didn't want my freshman baby sister there, so that's why. You know, so she says, my brother didn't let me go. I was oh. going to say yes. That's what her excuse She's is. Like, I'm, I'll go on a date with you, just not <laughs> Yeah, <there>. just not <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, fast forward. So, like, I didn't talk to her that yeah, night. Yeah. rest of that year. For senior year, she was written off, right? Yeah. Fast forward, like, probably six years. I see her at a place, and this is going to age me here. But I see her place at a place called the Tavern. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're old enough for that place. Yeah, it used to be right next to Cowboys, which is now Dirty Bourbon. Yeah. And so I was in the Tavern. It was like a Thursday night, and she's there, my wife, mm-hmm. with a with a mutual friend of ours. And the mutual friend comes over and says, "Hey, Lisa wants to, uh, you to go talk to her." Yeah. And I was like, "She's still written off, right? It's been six <laughs> years. Let <laughs> right? it go." Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> this is me, dude, and like I think a lot of people are. Uh, I, I am embarrassed of this level of pettiness, right? Yeah. So I go over there, and we talk, and I get her phone number, and then I just throw it away. Oh <laughs> so I was like, oh, I felt really, I felt like semi-bad. But you know when you're like 23 or 4, you're, yeah, like, yeah. you're an idiot anyway. Yeah. I was an idiot anyway, I should say. <laughs> and so, you know, fast forward another, I think, couple months, and I see her again with this same friend at a concert yeah. at Isleta. I get her number again. And I don't call her. <laughs> so it was two two days, two times in a row. It was really bad. But then eventually, um, I did call her. Yeah. It was like I don't know how soon after that. <laughs> and we are married to this day because I moved away. I moved to Oregon. Yeah. And that's when we started talking. Um, and we talked and texted like very primitively on yeah, the Nokia. Yeah. Um, this was two thousand five. Yeah, exactly. Playing snake in between. Yeah, yeah. But um. But yeah, that was 2005. So then uh, we talked and all that, and and, and texted for a, a solid year. Wow! Before, and that's where we got to know each other and our personalities and everything like that. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty simple. After about a year of falling in love with her, because she was yeah. just she was funny and yeah. smart and driven and ambitious and talented. So I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. So then we kind of like you know dated and all that, and, and eventually and it fell in the place, yeah. man. Yeah. That's a beautiful story. Awesome. Uh, Funniest, or no, I'm sorry, uh, favorite musician or band? Oh my god, man, these are hard questions. Yeah, I know, man. man. I, hey, put me on the spot. I put a here. lot of time into this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lately, I, I like uh, like hardcore music, so I like generally fast, loud, okay. screamy music. Yeah. Um, I just saw a concert recently of, of a band I like a lot. It's called Law Dispute. Okay. And uh, they're Basically, very emotionally driven, uh, fast punk-like beats yeah. uh, with uh, really progressive guitar work. Okay. Um, and they're just incredible. I like them. Lo- local band? Uh, no, they're from uh, Michigan. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're from Michigan. They've been around, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 years. And they were playing out here? No, they were playing in Denver. I, okay. Me and a friend went up there to see them and uh, at the end of April. Uh-huh. And so... What's their uh, name? Law Dispute. Law Dispute. Yeah, so I like them a lot. I like nice. them a lot. Uh, lately, I've, I liked another um, hardcore band out of the UK called Svalbard. S-V-A-L-B-A-R-D. So those are the two that, like, currently I'm listening to a lot. Nice. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I love music. Yeah, yeah. I, I just really love it, yeah. So I have pretty eclectic and wide-ranging tastes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Sturgill Simpson is another one I've been listening to a lot, okay. which is, he's a country guy. Nice. Um, he, d- he does a lot of picking and yeah. uh, talking about being on a big rig. <laughs> so I think that was pro- I like the songwriting oh, yeah. aspect of that. That's what's up. Um, I like rap a lot, uh-huh. too. Um, 
Who's, your, fa- who's your favorite rap artist? Oh, jeez. Like, lately? <laughs> who have I been? I, I've liked Partisan, Fon- uh, Partisan Fontaine lately. Partisan Fontaine? Yeah, he's pretty good. I like him a lot. He, he wrote some songs for Kanye West and stuff, but his solo stuff is really nice, yeah. uh, really good. Um, I like him. I like a guy out of Chicago called Ludfo, L-U-D-F-O-E. Okay. Yeah, he's Gee, really good, you're real, too. Uh, you're real underground. Uh, uh, dude, I love... Any, I'm still, like, in that dumb mentality of, like, <laughs> I want, like, all the stuff that no one knows yeah, about, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, so... No, I'm, a, I'm definitely one, too. I'm always sifting and yeah, stuff, yeah, too, so yeah. I, I find some people, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I got to go look and find yeah, these guys. Yeah, you should check them out, man. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, those, those are kind of who I've been inspired by lately. Yeah. Um, I try to stay, like up on it you know like i I don't want to get stale in my music taste Uh and so i you know i it's pretty funny because i got three young girls yeah i try to to be that dad that (laughs) relates to my kids and they're like oh no my middle daughter loves jason aldean okay my my youngest daughter she's six as i mentioned she loves someone called jojo siwa Okay. Which is like this, she just is a pop artist, and, yeah, she, and yeah. she has a really positive message, so I like yeah, it. Yeah. She, like, the, the other day she was listening, and we put it on, and she talks about not being bullied and, like, standing up to bullies and that oh, sort of stuff. Cool. And yeah. that's part of our, yeah, part of our, um, you, know, you know, what's important to us in our family. Yeah, and yeah. so it's like, okay, I'm cool, you, you can listen to that. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I did get my eldest daughter to like something that I like, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah, another rapper, his, his name's Bobby Raps. Bobby Raps. Yeah, he's awesome, man. You should check him out, too. Okay. But uh, yeah, so we have that in common now. Awesome, man. I got I got a list. I love I love new music, so uh, yeah. I, I definitely also, gonna, I'll text gonna them look to you. At, yeah, please do. Text <laughs> or me. we could do a uh, um, let's talk about it um, playlist, man. Ooh, that's a great <laughs> you put, idea. You put five songs, I'll put five that's songs. That's a great idea. What do you do for that? You just start a playlist. And playlist on Spotify, and then you can share it on the links here or whatever. Oh, heck yeah, and, oh, we're gonna do that. We're right. gonna do that for sure. <laughs> you know. Uh, in the kitchen or just having a couple beers playlist. Yeah, there you go. Um, last question. Hardest one of them all. Oh, no. Red or green? Oh. Man, you know you, you know you can't put a New Mexican in that spot right there. Both. Always. Both? All Christmas? the time. Por vida, bro. Orale. Yeah. So you got to have them both. I don't know. Like, I, you know what? Honestly, what I do most of the time, I order both on the side. Do you? Yeah. And then I try both. Sometimes I put both. Yeah. Sometimes I put one. Sometimes I put the other. Sometimes but it's cross always, them. Yeah, <laughs> but it's always there. So I gotta tell you guys about this place I just went to today. And I've been there. This is like my third time going. Duke City Kitchen. It's off of Lomas. Have you been there yet? Nope. No, oh, it's off of Lomas, across from Sprouts. It used to be, I believe, Los Cuates. Oh, okay. It used to be like the like one of the original Los Cuates or whatever. Okay. That real old oh, little the building. little tiny one. Yeah, the it's real. One. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so now it's Duke City Kitchen. Uh, but they have an incredible food there. Their chile is, is, is outstanding. But um, they also have the option of having the white Christmas, which Chef Mike knows about this. This is having gravy, red, and green chili. Oh, come on, man. That's the white Christmas. That's like poutine right yeah, there. Yeah, so huh? I just had I had a carne asada breakfast burrito this morning, and it was massive. <laughs> it was like oh, the size my. of my arm. Yeah. And it was, I had a white Christmas style, so green gravy bacon sausage gravy and oh, uh, red chili over here man oh, I, feel you. I, I can see that I can get down on it that. was so like beautiful that. and the, the carne asada in there I don't know how the hell he got it so tender but it was super tender meat big old chunks of steak in there the guy does it up right over there he does it cooks it all from scratch they got amazing biscuits he makes his own housemate jam nice um uh, Sure, he's churning, why are you not there sure, yet? Sure, he's whipping up his own butter over yeah. there, you know. But <laughs> they they do it up right there, you know. Um, so 
uh, very supportive of those guys. You need to go check them out. Duke for City sure. Grill. Yeah, uh, Duke City Kitchen. Duke City Kitchen. Yeah, Duke City Kitchen. Gotcha. So cool. I, want, I wanted to give one last hack since we we're on the subject of chili. So everyone loves hatch green chili, of course. Um, if you haven't tried red chili from Chimayo yet, mm -hmm. you need to try that. Okay. It's incredible. It's got this earthy quality that is um, really unique and interesting. Right. I only buy Chimayo red chili now. Ooh. It's incredible, man. Nice. And it's an heirloom chili. So I looked up all the... Oh, really? The, yeah, the, the uh, heredity of it, I guess, is what yeah. it's called. And um, it's been in northern New Mexico for an exorbitant amount of time. And it's kind of isolated to this one pocket around Chimayo. Oh, nice. And it's got this really interesting terroir and sense of place. Okay. So really, you should try that. Man. Oh, I definitely want to check that yeah. out on that one. Oh, man, I got a list full of things that I want to <laughs> check out and try. And beer and music um, Angel uh, Angelo it's been great you know sitting here with you um, tell us uh, give us one last thing about Tacos uh, of New Mexico you know where we're going with that and yeah so Tacos of New Mexico is an inclusive group everyone can join yes doesn't matter just get up there you don't even have to post you could be a lurker if you want and just look um, but honestly it's just an enthusiastic group of people that post tacos and taco related stuff um, sometimes it's as funny as someone posting today um, a Philly cheesesteak that was wrapped in a piece of pizza and someone called it a taco, and there was a huge argument about it. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's the type of thing we do. Everyone's welcome. We're going to have a, a, actually a get-together for the group, Tacos of New Mexico, at the um, Mariachis game, uh, which is at Isotopes Park on June 25th. So if you want to come out to that and oh, meet awesome. a lot of people, you can do it there. Heck yeah. I think I might, I think I might be going to that too. Yeah. You know, that sounds amazing. Yeah, uh, last thing I'd like to do, man, I'd like to offer you a hat. You're an official oh, awesome. member of the Dia de los Tacos family. <laughs> so if you want, why don't you go ahead and pick yourself a hat, man. Thank you again, brother. Yeah, absolutely. It's been great, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. We're out. Angelo uh, Oroña of uh, uh, Tacos of New Mexico like and Craft Kings. Oh, I'll, I'll see. Yeah, I'll see. <laughs> thanks again, guys. We're tuning out. Uh, we'll see you guys next season for season three. We'll be, uh, we'll be having two guests starting that. All right, take care.